we pray that you would come to us in your peace and your stillness. Thank you that we have this opportunity in our week to set aside, to come and be still. So meet us here, I pray. Speak to us. Amen. Grab yourselves a seat. The songs are particularly well themed for uh, the passage today that I'm going to read to you um, from the book of Mark, and it is where Jesus is with his disciples. My paper is going to fall. Um, I think the heat pumps are on automatically set to 20, which will mean when the room hits 20, it will start blowing cold air. You can at any time go and turn them off. I see people have. <laughs> or find the remote and play around. You have full permission. Treat this as your living room. If the temperature is annoying you, find a remote and play around with it. So here's the passage today from the book of Mark, chapter 4. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Peace, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Today I want to focus on one particular aspect of this passage, and that's how it can speak to what I think is a frenetic, busy and crazy world that feels overwhelming at times, that feels like you're on the rat race running, trying to keep up with everything that's going on. The other day I was uh, talking to a couple of friends of mine and we were talking about COVID in Wellington and we were like, you know, we wouldn't mind a sneaky lockdown. <laughs> Just to stop. <laughs> now I've got rose-tinted glasses. There were some really stressful times in those five weeks last year. But you know, it gets to the point where life is so hectic and so busy just like stop the world I want to hop off for a bit I just want everything to pause I just want to breathe I want to catch up and here is this crazy busy world we live in and so today I want to talk about what I think is God saying to us peace be still and it's there in these patterns of creation and it's there in patterns that God has given us to restore us if you think of night and day, every 24 hours, we are forced to rest. Now, I might have told this story before, but it's such an incredible one, I like to tell it often. I met this guy, and he was, he was doing his thing. You know how you sometimes get people when they become passionate about this thing they were doing? He, he was like, I've found this new diet, and it's incredible. I eat no sugar and no fat, and the amazing thing is it means I only need to sleep four hours a night and I'm just so much more productive. 
And I was like, this is just a punish. You have taken all the best things in life. Sleep, the most incredible gift God has given humanity. You've whipped it away. And food, you've turned it into this kind of punishment. But this is our culture where it's kind of like, um, don't sleep, work. And if you think back to pre-electricity, I mean, not think backers, recall the days. But, you know, imagine pre-electricity, you know, when the sun set, that was it for the day. You know, maybe by the light of the candle, you might be able to strain and achieve a few things, but there's nothing that you can do in that space. And if you think of long winters in Northern Europe, there's just this sense of doing nothing. I remember my grandma telling me that my grandfather, after dinner, would just sit in his chair and think. All evening, that's what he used to do, just think emotionally prepare for the next day, just sit and be. So we don't do that now. We've got our electricity computers, like it doesn't stop, the internet is there, television, go remember the Goodnight Kiwi? Goodnight Kiwi meant you had to go to bed when television stopped screen. There was nothing to stay up for anymore. Now you can stay up all night and just go, go, go. And our culture, I think, rejects these natural rhythms that we have. There's also the seasons. Again, if you think to traditional societies where you would have worked hard to plant, to tend, and then extremely hard to harvest, and then you stored your harvest and rested. And winter, the ground went fallow, and you rested, and you got to hang out and kind of enjoy life in the cold. Back in medieval times, <laughs> Apparently, in the Middle Ages, because it would get dark so early, people would all go to bed and then wake up four hours later in the middle of the night and stoke the fire. So that's what you had to do to stay warm, stoke the fire. And then they'd put a stew on and then they'd go out visiting in the middle of the night with their candles. And we have this funny sense that, you know, you've got to get your eight hours in a solid block. Um, but no, traditionally, then you go out visiting and then you go back to bed and you'd sleep through these long dark nights all through winter, and that's kind of how you enjoyed that season. So there's these natural patterns in our world that tell us to rest, and we have chosen, I think, to our detriment to ignore them, and we get frantic, and we get busy, and now we have an anxiety epidemic and a depression epidemic, and our lives are miserable, and we have distanced and fractured ourselves from this world that we've been given. And then in the Old Testament, right near the beginning of the Old Testament, there's this rule that God gives his people. Now, when you think rules in our culture, it's like, yuck, not interested. But I'm going to read you. This is the one about the Sabbath. Remember to keep the Sabbath day holy. Do all your work in six days, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to honor the Lord your God. Do not do any work on that day. Sabbath means rest, and it's funny here, how do you keep the Sabbath holy? You rest. It's quite funny, how do you keep rest holy? You rest to keep rest holy. Basically, it's saying don't break this pattern of rest. Here is this gift God gives to his people. Don't be a slave to work. Yes, maybe you could get more work done 
but don't be like that. There's this real sense here, know that you are a creature and there is a creator who knows you better than you do yourself and you need to rest and you need to have a time to be still. Now, as I was reflecting on this, this is where the sermon becomes a note to self. I am not good at this. And the last week, more than a week, I have been sick. And in this time, I really felt this realization. I have not learned to rest well and to create rhythms of rest in my life. And if you don't do it, this is what happens to you. If you don't actively choose to rest, you get sick. You're going to have to rest at some point. I was thinking it's kind of like burning the candle at both ends, but I feel like I'd got into this pattern of burning the side of the candle too while I was at it and just, you know, melting the wax and just becoming this hectic. I go home, I hop on my computer. It's just this never ending. I, I love, you know, more information, more, 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 more. And your brain becomes overwhelmed and it's just exhausting. So, how on earth am I going to preach a sermon to you when I have no idea how to do this? Good question, you ask. Um, I have a friend in Timaru, and his family do Sabbath incredibly well. I've watched them do it, and it's spread to other families they know. And so I contacted him, and I said, can you make me a five-minute video so that we can hear from someone who actually does this well? And I need you to preach to me. Now, I've heard this multiple times now as I've been preparing, and I'm inspired. Guess what we're talking about when we get home, Paul? I'm fired up to do, to try and figure out these practices. So he's going to talk about his practices and his experiences of incorporating a Sabbath. Hey there, uh, I'm Joshua. And um, I'm a friend of Carolyn's and also um, a vicar down south in Timaru. And um, yeah, I just want to take some time to talk with you about rest um, and about the practice of Sabbath and why it's been so important for, for me and for my family um, and for our lives together. So I guess for us, one of the big things is, um, you know, we're a busy family. We have three kids, uh, Joe and I. Um, have uh, three girls, Esther, Phoebe and Eve, and um, we just found that that makes life really busy. Um, our eldest is eight, Phoebe, and our youngest, Eve, is two. And so we find ourselves in the midst of a busy household um, with young children, and when they get sick, and there's lots of emotions, and um, it's just a, a busy life, you know, and, and a loud and a vibrant household. And there's so many gifts and joys that that brings, but it's also really tiring, right? And so we find ourselves in this rhythm, which is often quite relentless of, of parenting and life together in our home. And so um, one reason we found the idea of rest and of Sabbath really helpful in the stage that we're in is it's just about creating space just to be together, uh, to enjoy each other, to slow down and, and spend time together. Um, and the kind of relentlessness of school drop-offs and pick-ups and different activities and, and you know work and everything like that. Um, the other big piece, which I just mentioned, is, is um, work. And there's this thing in our culture where we're often defined by our productivity, by what we can achieve, by what we can do. 
And so uh, we can find ourselves really, you know, really, really busy um, for lots of different reasons. Uh, many of us have to work long hours to make ends meet. Um, and so our lives are jam-packed with work too. And work is meaningful and beautiful, um, but it's also tiring. And, um, and we can find ourselves also working for the wrong reasons. You know, we can find ourselves, you know, finding our identity in, in our work and in our productivity and a sense of achievement. And Sabbath and rest um, really pushes back on that idea in, in a really helpful way. It reminds us that we're loved by God for who we are, um, not for all the things that we can do or achieve or produce. Another um, reason that we've felt like we needed rest and Sabbath is um, just our relationship with technology. We found that we're so connected that in some ways we're always on um, with computers and phones and very accessible. And so we found a really valuable part of rest and Sabbath for us is unplugging, is disconnecting from social media, from Facebook, from email, from uh, phone calls, you know, and, and for a time and just putting it all aside and yeah, leaving that side of things because there's a kind of level of anxiety and stress that constantly being plugged in and available um, brings to us as people. Uh, it's interesting too, I think, and, and kind of related to the work thing, um, this notion of consumerism, you know, that we live in a consumer culture and success is seen uh, often in terms of having lots of stuff and um, we define ourselves by, by what we can um, buy and, and wear and consume and all those things. Um, Sabbath and rest actually unplugs us a lot from, from that when we do it well. This idea that um, we have to have the latest, we have to keep up, or um, yeah, we're defined by um, what we consume. And so um, for all these reasons and for many more, um, we found Sabbath and rest really helpful for us as a family. Um, and so it's probably helpful I talk about um, what Sabbath is and how we do it. Um, Sabbath literally means um, stopping or cessation of work. And it was um, a command given to God's people. And I think it's quite interesting, like, in perhaps um, our parents and definitely I think our grandparents' generation, there was a notion that Sabbath was this kind of stale, um, legalistic thing like you couldn't do anything on this day if you had it, if it was a sabbath you know you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that and you couldn't do that thing and you know no dancing no fun you know it, um, it was kind of this idea of um you know it was a really legalistic thing and um so there's i think been sometimes a negative reaction to this word sabbath by, by some generations um but really I, I don't think that's the heart of it i think god intended the sabbath for us to pause for long enough to see that our lives are a gift and, and to be grateful, deeply grateful, and to enjoy each other and to enjoy Him and, and enjoy creation. And so um, I see Sabbath as an opportunity for our family to play and pray. Those, that phrase has been really helpful, this idea that we play and pray. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how we practice it. So we have a Sabbath from Friday dinner time to Saturday dinner time. And, um, this is just the way we do it, but we've got these kind of candles and we light them um, and kind of make our dinner a bit special. Um, we don't eat dessert most nights, but on Sabbath we have a, a dessert and um, 
we just spend some time chatting about our week and what we're grateful for. And usually Joe and I will pray for our kids and pray a blessing over them. Um, and we kind of just make it special really as a family and make it fun. And then um, the activities from Friday night to Saturday night um, kind of fall into that whole idea of praying and playing. And so uh, often we have a slow morning, if it's possible, um, get up as late as we can, and we'll have a nice breakfast together, um, and we'll just have some of our own time, you know, whether it's reading a book or reading scripture. Um, and then later on in the day, we'll go for a walk. Um, usually we try and get outside and go on an adventure somewhere, or we might visit friends and hang out. Um, you know, just spend some time doing things we enjoy. I, I really enjoy pottery, and so I've got a, a pottery shed out the back and might go and throw a pot. Um, jo loves crafts and knitting, and she'll do some of that. And yeah, we just find stuff that we love, and it brings us joy, and we, and we do those things on that day. And for us, it's just made a huge difference. And, and what we have found hard is that, uh, you know, it's such a beautiful and, and joyful thing to do, but it so easily gets kind of pushed out by um, demands or other things that kind of fill up the space. And so we've had to really fight for our Sabbath. We've had to really push hard to say, actually, no, we're having Sabbath. This is what we're going to do. We're not going to book it out with lots of things that feel like obligations or that we should do or um, jobs. Uh, you know, it's good to have another day. You know, if say you take two days off a week, have another day um, that you mow your lawns and do your garden, unless it's something you love. Um, you know, it's good to have those jobs outside of that space. And so it's, it is quite hard. I think it took us probably at least a year to get into a good rhythm. And it's not perfect. There, there are weeks where we just, we fall off the wagon, but um, we have found it's made such a difference in our lives to have Sabbath, to actually rest, to spend time together, praying and playing. So highly recommend it. I think it pushes back on some of the idols of our contemporary um, age, um, like consumerism and, um, this idea that we have to always be connected and that we're defined by what we do and, and, and our work. Um, and it reminds us we are creatures made by God, loved by God, and our identity um, is found in God. So, yeah, hope you have a great chance to um, celebrate Sabbath and to give it a go yourself as well. Awesome. Hey, nice to um, reflect with you. Thanks. So there's Josh's story from Timaru. And, uh, yeah, he has his practice on a Friday, Friday night, all through Saturday. There's no rules around when you do this sort of thing. Other people do different days. In fact, as I was preparing for this, just a um, couple of days ago, I saw on um, Facebook uh, a friend put up a picture of their family um, having a winter holiday. And this is um, Pete and Alana Chapman, and they run a business some of you may have heard of, 27 Seconds. Now, this is a wine where all the um, profits go to free people who are in modern-day slavery. And she put up this picture, and this is what she said. Um, so put up that and made this comment. Our wee fam just got back from our annual winter holiday. Here's us at the beach celebrating the shortest day by roasting marshmallows. We've returned feeling so refreshed. Rest is good for the soul. The morning after our second son was born, I got a call from the IRD about an incorrect payment. I cried and they weren't hormonal tears. 18 months in, we were exhausted. What had felt like a wonderful project to begin with was starting to feel like a heavy burden. 
27 seconds was sucking every spare moment of our time. We loved the idea of wine being used as a way to help organisations working in the area of modern day slavery, but we found ourselves walking very closely with burnout. We didn't really want to give up on the dream, but equally, life couldn't go on as it had been. Three things changed. One, we looked at all our commitments and cut back where we could. Two, we came to peace with the idea of 27 seconds not working. It was important to us, but not that important that we sacrificed everything for it. And three, and this is an odd one, we became all Jewish on it. We're not Jewish. We started practicing Sabbath, a 24-hour break where the entire purpose is to rest, refreshed, and do whatever energizes you. For us, this means no checking emails or social media, eating good food, lots of sleep, and anything that brings us delight. We let the kids pour as much maple syrup on the pancakes as they want. We're also committed to taking a winter holiday after harvest. It's been a game changer, which sounds obvious writing that. To work well, you need to rest well. Life now feels more imbalanced, mostly, but can it ever be with preschoolers? It does, it does make us reflect on those who can't rest, those who give, we give our profits to help, many who have to work seven days a week under slave-like conditions. It's for them that we work. Now, randomly, I ran into Pete and Alana yesterday, and I said, oh, I'm going to be using you in my sermon tomorrow. Are you okay with that? And I was like, tell me more. And they, like Josh was saying, it's something you've really got to, to begin with, really work to. They said, but their family loves it. One, because the kids get ice cream cones after dinner, the day before they go into their Sabbath. But they said their kids all ask, is today Sabbath? They said they have, for their kids, special Sabbath toys that only come out on that day, probably to keep them entertained longer without technology. But the kids really look forward and love this time when the family hangs out together. Now, both of them mentioned and both of them said to me, you should read John Mark Comer on this. So this is an author, and so I found some of his posts on what he says. Now, this is um, an American guy who has tried to implement this, and he's got handy tips, and this is what he says. Here are a few ideas of how to remember the Sabbath from both ancient tradition and modern practice. He says, spend an entire day in rest, and it usually starts at sunset one day and finishes at sunset the next. But you'll notice both of them said they did it from dinner one day to dinner the next, which I think makes more sense. So a full 24 hours of rest. Fill your day with activities that are life-giving for your soul. Begin to distinguish between recreation and restoration. Begin to transition from entertainment, TV, social media, shopping, and going out to activities that deeply connect you to Jesus and his rest. Traditionally, there are a number of activities that mark Sabbath practice. Light the candles to begin Sabbath. Pray a blessing over any children you have. Eat a meal together. Sing. Worship with your faith community. Walk nap, read, spend time alone with God, spend time with family and friends, practice gratitude. So there's, this piece of paper is down the back because this is helpful, I think. But here, I think, is a radical challenge. There's this ancient practice 
that our society has done everything to fight against. And yet when I hear these stories, they are saying it is an incredible gift for their family. It's life-giving, it's transformational. And that's what Alana said to me. She's like, it has completely changed us. We used to be tired and exhausted and you're on the brink of burning out. And she said, now our family just feels happy, it's full of joy, we've got this rhythm to look forward to every week. And in hearing this, I feel really challenged. This, I think, is a courageous step to stand against our culture, to stand against all the temptations that come our way and say, for 24 hours, we're going to keep Sabbath. I think I need to continue to be inspired by this. I know that this is a command from God. Do it. It's going to bring you life. And yet somehow I'm always tricked into these little voices. Just check Facebook. Just read the newspaper online and refresh and refresh just in case there's more news. But here is this gift and this promise and an invitation to walk against the grain of our culture that tells us our worth is found in what we can achieve, how short our lawns are, how tidy our house looks, and instead find rest and restoration and fulfillment in that way. Uh, In the New Testament, there's a verse that says this, it is for freedom that Jesus sets us free. So remain strong in the faith. Don't let the chains of slavery hold you again. We are held, I think, by chains of our culture that put pressure on us to work, to achieve, to do more. And yet Jesus wants to set us free. And I think we need to hear his voice. Peace. Be still. In the midst of the calm and the chaos, have faith and learn to trust in God that it's going to be okay if you stop working for 24 hours. The world will still turn. The jobs will still be there the next day. So peace, be still. Let's pray together. (laughs) It's all good. God, you are good, and you want what is good for us. You want life and health and joy and wellness. And our society tells us that if we are busy, that's what we'll get. If we work harder and earn more money, that's what we'll get. If we stay frantically busy, if we burden ourselves with so many things and activities that we have to do, it's going to lead to those things. But our reality tells us it is different. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to learn to have faith. Help us to be comforted by you, Jesus, who is able to stay asleep in the storm, who brings words of peace and quiet. Speak into our souls, speak into our own lives, we pray. May we learn to rest. May we learn to appreciate you as creator. And may we learn to walk in tune with the creation that we live within. May we be a people who are set apart from the world and give us courage to be those people. Amen.